on 2SM and the Super Network. High Tide. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Up before the sun with a can of worms running with my friend. Scurrying down the riverbank, taking our positions on the bridge. Yes, and taking a position on the bridge, well, you're going to have to do that. But a quick update on the weather. We're looking at uh, Sydney Harbour, Pitwater, Botany Bay. Variable. The winds have changed to being variable around about the 10 knots. Then they should come from the nor'east up around 10 to 15 knots. That'll be in the latter part of this afternoon. And then we'll have a nor-norwesterly below 10 knots again as we move into the evening. And the sea, they say, will be about a half a metre. So offshore, we're talking about, it was about one and a half to one before. Has that changed? No, it's still one, one and a half metres. It will come back down to about a metre. The swell will be below a metre and that will come from the south. But the the wind will be from the north and it could make it up to 20 knots. That's offshore. Okay, let's stay on shore and go and talk to our good friend, Mr. McAnally. Yeah, here at beautiful downtown Jerseyville. Yes. Okay, well, we've got reasonable conditions for the river. It's blowing a very light nor'easter this morning, and I think that's going to pick up during the day. I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, we'll just we'll, we'll, the weather forecast looks reasonable. At the moment, it's fishable. How about we leave it at that? Okay. But, but the river is fishing. I will, I'll get to it in the reports. The river's fishing pretty well, so if you've got to go in the river, there's still plenty of fish. Uh, a couple of a bit of um, bits and pieces things. Yesterday, the federal government announced, uh, you might have seen it on the TV last night, it was certainly on the Channel 7 News, the standardisation of names for fish that are marketed in Australia. I think I remember that happening way back in the 90s. They were trying no, no, to do we this. Tried. We tried. To have, it was one of the things I fought tooth and nail for but got beaten on. And quite a few of our other people have done it for a long time, but it was one of the promises of the incoming Labor government, the Albanese mob, and they've done a good job from what I can see. So uh, we're going to have standardised names. <coughs> oh, sorry, they've got a cough. Um, it'll stop what happened a couple of Christmases ago um, with me going, going down to a very good restaurant in Port Macquarie and the, the special of the day was fresh local flathead, which is exactly what it said on the blackboard. Today's special, fresh local flathead, and I, I com- complimented the young waitress and said, would you mind telling me where you got those fish from? And she went back into the kitchen and she said, yes, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're allowed yes. to market flathead. I've seen that same thing up at Katoomba. Yeah, well, they're allowed to market flathead and sell flat-headed cod as flathead. Mm. The same as they're allowed to um, uh, to put um, gold-banded snapper in the market as snapper. But a gold-banded snapper is actually a jobfish, and it's chewy and tasteless. <laughs> but they sell them as they're allowed. To, they're in, in the future, that'll stop. Just so everybody knows, um, Barnaby Joyce and David Littleproud... Uh, 
we had two goes at this in 2016 and 2019. Um, both decided, instead of supporting Australian consumers and Australian fishermen, the National Party decided to support big business. So we lost that one. And in New South Wales, Noel Blair was going to bring it in, but no, he squibbed that too. So uh, we're going to... He the squibbed a lot of things. do the work. Mm. So it's good. But, and the lady, the lady pushing it, who's from Western Australia, from Perth, she's the head of the National Fishing Industry Council. She's really, really good. So she's obviously persuaded these people to do it properly. And from what I can see, it's going to be a good job. Great. It's good so to give one. them a pat in the back. Hey? It's good that they get a pat in the back somewhere. Oh, no, look, that's, it's, it's an important thing for consumers. You've got to know what you're... When I, Kieran, I used to come... When I, hit, when I was chairman of the, um, of the, of the uh, co-ops, the biggest thing that came across my desk was all these people complaining about, A, the price of flathead fillets, and B, they were buying snapper at various um, large you know, shops, Woolies, Coles, whatever, and not getting what they thought was going to be a nice local pink snapper they're getting tropical fish yeah you know second grade well second grade fish labeled as snapper it's, you know and, and uh, it, uh they, it's important consumer legislation it's look it's done in everything else you if you went and bought pork sausages and got chicken you'd be upset yeah it's the same well, how many how how many places back in the early times i don't know how many people do it these days with the lobster Oh, red rock cod. Yeah, yeah. Half the lobster when you when you do the when you do the mornay, half the half the meat that goes back is lobster, and the other half, the other half of the meat that goes in is red rock cod. <laughs> this is true. But all mixed up in the sauce, you wouldn't know the difference. Uh-huh. And there's nothing wrong with just by the by. There is absolutely nothing wrong with eating red rock cod. Just don't get spiked when you're cleaning them. Julie loves them. She reckons they're great. So, and I, I, quite, I find them quite okay. I'm not, not over, I find them a t- just a tad tasteless. But, yeah, mixed up in a nice morning here and they'll be, they'll be perfect. Mm. <laughs> and they used to, they used to do uh, dodgy, some, there were people doing dodgy uh, scallops as well. They used to punch, the, they used a hole punch on, uh, on stingray flaps and produce scallops. And the same thing, cooked up in a nice black bean sauce, you wouldn't know whether they were real scallops or... You know, bits and pieces of stingray. <laughs> but the aim, the aim of the legislation is to stop the rorts. That's the whole trick. Yeah. We don't wish to encourage people to rort the system. Anyway, so that, that was a good... That's a good that's Yeah, a good that's outcome. a good thing to happen. Yeah, and uh, oh, there was something else that came up next last week that I meant to comment on. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. We just... Um, yeah, we're, I think it was you were talking about... Uh, various politicians there's so many things that, that that are on the agenda for the politicians to do i'm amazed that they haven't you know they're supposed to we heard about opening prospect dam lately no they haven't it has it's disappeared a bit they haven't, not capable, we're not capable of opening a puddle okay fair enough <laughs> we're, hang on you've got to remember for listeners out there brisbane both brisbane and melbourne all their water catchment dams are open to recreational fishing. Quite a few of them you've got to use an electric outboard. You know, they'd use a, uh, a, a, an outboard, a petrol-powered motor. Mm. But that's okay, and you can fish off the bank, and that's okay. But it it's just adds to the recreational opportunities in the, uh, and the fishing opportunities in the city. So uh, it's, just, it's, it's amazing that we can't even manage to open a couple of dams, you know, some of the minor dams, like um, you know, the, the back of the Napoleon there, and um, 
what's the one down? What's the one down the back of uh, Lake Illawarra? Uh, the back of uh, Wollongong. There's two or three down yeah, there. up the back there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just uh, again, it just uh, if you think that we, we, oh, I know what it was. It was yesterday. It was um, the fellow from the Shooters and Fishers, Mark Benaziak, was saying. You know they're going to, they're working on certain things. Well, that's one of the things they should be working at. You know, there's, there's huge fishing opportunities there, at no cost, that we could open up to uh, to recreational angling. And uh, you know, it sounded like he'd had a uh, he'd been meeting with the minister. Minister, it sounded like he'd been trying to pull teeth. He didn't have a clue. Mm. So anyway, not to worry. We'll get uh, we'll, we'll finally get some people. What he said? No, he actually said, yeah, an independent. Uh, fishing advisory committee or fishing uh, I'm just trying to remember the right government word now I've been out of government so long uh, you know a, a basically a standalone fishing and hunting um, board or commission so that we start getting these things done we're, we're never going to get them done while we've got the current management system in place no no so anyway I'll let you have a break we'll have a break and we'll come back and do a very good fishing report yeah. Weekend mornings with Pete Davis. I had a farmer from Coonabarabin and he said that they're getting half the amount of money for their cattle now, but unfortunately, in the supermarkets, the meat prices are still very high. Pete Davis has Sydney talking. I had a farm, and a lady there grows cabbages. They're selling them in Coles and Woolworths for $5, and she gets 30 cents for them. So, you know, everyone's being nailed to the wall by the big supermarkets, and, and nothing's happening. 2SM has Sydney talking. Get a great deal more with Kubota's in-stock catalogue. Check out Kubota's excavators, mowers, utility vehicles, generators and tractor range, which perfectly match to Kubota's land pride attachments. All available for immediate delivery. Let Kubota help to get your property ready for summer. With package deals, competitive finance rates and extended warranties, there's never been a better time to get yourself into a new Kubota machine. Visit kubota.com.au to view the in-stock catalogue now. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil and this summer, let Cobram Estate be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour, perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better this summer with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. The World Supercross Australian Grand Prix is returning to Marvel Stadium, Melbourne on the 24th and 25th of November. Witness 40 of the world's best riders, including reigning champion Ken Roxon and Australian heroes Aaron Tanti and Luke Clout as they battle for championship glory. Marvel Stadium will light up with epic pyrotechnics, freestyle motocross stunts and live music and more for two nights of exhilarating entertainment. Get your tickets at wsxchampionship.com. Don't miss it.
Good for the game tomorrow? Nah, still trying to sell the car. Oh, give me your phone, let me do it. Yeah, good luck. Car sales, instant offer. Car sales, what? Instant offer. You can skip creating an ad, dealing with buyers and waiting for a decent offer all weekend. Is that the offer for my car already? Yep. Now just take it to one of the official buyers nationwide, get it looked over, and the money drops the next business day. So I'll see you at the game then? Yeah, see you at the game. Car sales instant offer. The hassle-free way to sell your car. T&C Supply. 2SM. Sydney's talking. 2SM 1269. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Prior to the rake, we were talking to Mr McAnally from Southwest Rocks. Loz, what's the fish report? Uh, fishing report's okay. We fished Friday offshore. Uh, not, um, not a huge amount of fish. Uh, quality all right. We got uh, a couple of nice tuskies, nice tusk fish. Right. The light was absolutely delicious. Uh, so we got tusk fish and we got uh, five or six snapper. What did Terry get? Uh, one little trag and uh, two small pearl perch. So it wasn't a huge catch of fish, but it was okay. Um, conditions were just a bit dodgy. Just the, the wind came up early, so we came home about half past ten. We had the nor'easter, and of course, being in a beautiful open boat, you know, I bought an open boat, so we sat there in the rain for about an hour. That wasn't that oh. flash either. <laughs> Anyway, we caught a feed of fish and came home, so that's okay. Uh, yesterday was much better. I fished, I fished on the river and got, uh, I got 20, 20 dusky flathead, uh, wow. legal ones. I kept four and one, one mulloway, 63 centimetres, which went back. So anyway, that, so that's the, uh, the river's fishing really, really well. There's uh, plenty of school mulloway. The, the bigger ones that were around last week or the week before... They don't seem to be. I, I deliberately live baited yesterday, um, trying to get trying to get a mulloway, but no. Nah, <laughs> and I missed one and got one. So there's obviously a handful there, but not not like they were. And they're small. Um, the same on the beaches. There's been a lot of these schoolfish, 60, 62s, you know, 58. They seem to be the common the common thing along the beaches. But we do have greenweed coming up. There's greenweed, uh, brownweed, sorry, crescent head cornflake weed. Just gone past Crescent Head, moving up our way. So I'm presuming it'll be on the beach here through the week. So it's one of those things. We get the algae, the algae dies, and then it gets washed in against the beach and uh, becomes cornflake weed, gets mashed up in the surf, and then gets all over your line and mucks up the fishing till the current sweeps it away again. So one of those, uh, unfortunately, just one of those things. The fish don't like it in their gills, though. If there's cornflake weed on the beach, you, you usually struggle to catch fish, I'll tell you now. Uh, so... So offshore, yeah, very good. There's kingies at uh, kingies at Fish Rock. Oh, the other thing caught offshore, really good uh, mahi mahi, twelve kilos and half a dozen twelve kilo mahi mahi caught through the week at the at the fads. Um, they're pretty. That'll light you up if you get one of them on. And good to eat, very good to eat. Make sure you've got plenty of ice. Um, and as I said, there are plenty of kingies at Fish Rock. If you get anything past the sharks at Fish Rock, you're doing well. Uh, Black Rock's got a few nice snapper. And there's obviously snapper and pearlies on the roofs. I'm, a, I'm interested that everybody, including the charter boats ourselves, there's no big, there doesn't seem to be many big fish around. There's plenty of snapper and, uh, and pearlies and things, but they're all under 40 centimetres. I'm, I don't know whether it's just one of those things. I know it's one of those things that happen. Even the guys in the trap boat the other day, he only had two, two large snapper out of a hole, you know, out of 60 kilos of fish. 
all the rest of the fish were just platies. So it's a, I think it's just it's one of those things. We seem to get our better bottom fish in the winter time, and as the warmer water comes in, we get more small fish. So just just one of those things. Oh, there was a lot of bonito caught out the front of the jar one morning. So if you want to get some bait and sold it down, that's a good idea. And there's some big slimies running around out there as well. In the river, plenty of herring if you just use bait jigs. Uh, and if you're bait jigging, just a little tip, don't buy the bait jigs with red beads. Buy the bait jigs with green beads. Uh, I don't know how to explain that to you. Only a herring could explain that to you. But uh, they like the ones with the green lumo beads. <laughs> and very small, just number 10, number 10 jigs and, you, uh, a, a, and a fairly heavy sinker or, or a solid sinker to take them straight to the bottom because most of the bites are on the drop, not on the lift. So you get your herring, and then you hook them on under the chin, and you'll catch it nice flathead and school mull away and big brim on your live herring. So uh, the, the, the river's okay. There's bass at Kempsey. There's a few, few whiting starting to creep into catches. I'm, not, I'm just not seeing many whiting here at the moment. There's much better whiting at Port Macquarie. Uh, I, don't, I know the reason. It's because we got flooded with black water, and whiting reacts yep. really, really badly to black water. Some of the other fish can handle it, but they cannot. So uh, that was in the floods a year or two ago, and we're going to—it's probably going to take two or three years to get our whiting population back to where it should be. And uh, other than that, um, we've got good weather coming. A bit of rain early in the week, and I think after that we're pretty right. So I've got a bit of boat servicing to do this week. I'm due for a, a, both boats are going to have a service, so that'll cost me. But Blakey likes me to contribute to the industry, so that'll all be good. This is true. Oh, I've got a hundred grand's worth of his aluminium sitting out the front. <laughs> but I'm amazed at some of those trailer boats he sells. Though they're beautiful, you know. Until you get jump around on them and you see the thought that goes into some of them, they're really, really clever. Some of them are really clever boats. Yep. You know, and if you're prepared to, you know, if you're prepared to buy, you know, to spend the money, uh, you end up. One of our nephews has got a five point five. Bar crusher with a ninety uh, yammy on it, and he lives in Sydney, obviously. And uh, yeah, he's just in love with it. He just he just reckons it's the best thing he's ever had. And I think if you live in Sydney and you're going to get on Sydney Harbour, you know, having a boat's a real advantage for sure. But you know what he does though? His wife, he gets his lovely, charming wife out of bed at half past four, so that he can launch at Rose Bay, and she drives home with the boat and trailer. And then on the way home, she picks him up at Dremoyne. <laughs> For a moment there, I thought you were talking about Blakey's wife, Anne, but... No, 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 I, I, I'm, oh, no, 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 well, what's his name? Ori's wife making the coffee. No, no, he, he gets his butte missus up at half past four. She drives them to Rose Bay from Dremoyne. They go down, to, down and launch at Rose Bay in, in the wee small hours, and he vanishes offshore. And when he's passing under the harbour bridge, he gives her a ring, and she comes down and... Alexin. With the boat trail and picks him up on uh, uh, a Dremoyne boat ramp. So yeah. he doesn't have to. The reason for that is, of course, he can't get parking. <laughs> this is true. You know, we've, we've built the boat ramps without enough parking. We're selling we more boats enough. and more boats and more boats and less area to. Well, that's the thing for the, the BIA have got to get started. You know, that's, that's, that's what they're there for. They've got to start putting some pressure on. Get, get Patchett to stir them up. Yeah, I think they've lost a little bit of clout, the BIA. But, <laughs> Since you know. Blakey left, yeah. Yep. Anyway, yep. I'll leave you with it. Have a lovely fishing week, folks. And uh, I'm going to have, what am I having tonight? Tempura flathead fillets with, with miso eggplant. 
How about that? That's dinner. That's good. And a mud trap. Yeah, no, Mumble's it. just passed out. <laughs> well, you can come up and have a weekend. I can't eat. <laughs> you it's don't have to chew. You don't like. have to chew flathead fillets. You just swallow. Oh, mate. They're I, beautiful. I, know, I bone them right out. There's no bones. Just no bones. Away you go. And yet, flathead fillets, some miso eggplant, and a few, a um, couple of potato chips. I'll be right. Don't, don't worry about me today. I got and I got two muddies yesterday in the trap, so I've got a mud crab for entree. Oh. <laughs> we shall see you later. See you next week. Yep, see you during the week. Okay, cheers, guys. Okay, mate, bye. There he goes, Laurie McAnally, the mayor of Jerseyville. And let me tell you, when he does talk, and he talks, uh, if he talks anything political, like he did mention this morning, it's because he's been there and done it all. He's been in an advisory to a lot of government, and uh, a lot of things we have today, we can credit Laurie McAnally's input and his wife, Julie. We'll listen to High Tide here at 26 minutes past five. We'll be back right after this message. Imitators come and go, but there is only one John Laws. $228 million is going to be spent on 3,000 extra staff for Centrelink and Medicare. 3,000 more staff for Centrelink and Medicare. That's one way to reduce unemployment numbers, employ more people in Centrelink. But are you really telling me the truth when you say your children won't visit you because you won't give them money? Correct. They wanted more money and they tried to hold us to ransom. Give us more money and we take away the grandkids. I said, we'll take away the grandkids. I think you should run for politician and you'd win hands down. No, well, I don't think that'd be a good idea. I'm too honest to be a politician. You're right. See see how clever you are? John Willis Show, weekdays from 9am on 2SM. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040 359. These challenging times are even tougher for young people with disabilities, with 45% living below or close to the poverty line. They're often unheard, facing 12 times more psychological distress. You can help this festive season at youngcare.com.au. If you'd like more control over how your super is invested, Choice Plus is the Host Plus investment option that puts you in control. Invest directly in the ASX 300 ETFs or term deposits with their easy-to-use online platform, complete with real-time online share trading and the latest market information. More control over how your super is invested. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited, general advice only. Consider the Host Plus PDS and Team D at hostplus.com.au before making a decision. Search Host Plus Choice Plus today. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1800 805 366 or go to view.org.au. If you're looking forward to getting the best care for your mum or dad, look no further than Whedon. 
whether it's extra support for mum or dad in their own home or residential care. Find out more at widen.com.au. News, sport, talk. 2SM 1269. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river. And down the river, along the roadways. Yep, he's on the road again. Willie Nelson, good morning. Uh, I'm going good. I'm going good. It's, good. it's good to get a bit of good old uh, Aussie slang in there. What are you doing, mate? How are you, mate? Yeah, no, going all right. Are you going to pull up or are you going to... Yeah, I'm just getting around this slow car and, and I'll, uh, I'll pull up, actually. Okay. That will be good. Unbelievable. You go to overtake a car and they put their foot down your bastard. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Very frustrating. Yeah, very interesting to hear that the, um, the standardisation of uh, seafood. So I think it's long, long, long overdue. And, um, Last Saturday, Linda picked me up at the airport at Port Macquarie. We come home. I said, I noticed on the Facebook page that the car wops got um, lost of uh, late prawns. So school prawns. So let's go and get them for lunch. I said, yes, no worries. So I pulled up there and I've got a special rock perch fillet for $12, $12 something like that. And I said, OK. I said, young lady, you're on the counter. I said, uh, tell What's a rock perch? She said, sweet. Have you heard that one before? No. Yeah. Are you reversing? So, yeah. No, no, that was the blinker. I was just pulling up in the parking bay, mate, at Mooney Beach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was saying to Grant, <clears throat> you know, when you go to a restaurant and you order a half a lobster and it's all heaped up on top of it, that is when you're getting fish because you can't cut something in half because it's got to be dead flat. So uh, when it's all heaped up like that, you'll find there's yeah, the mixture of a bit of a bit of lobster and fish there. When it's still attached to the shell, that's that's the way to do it. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I very rarely buy lobster when I go out. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's something I'd rather go and catch and do myself at home. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you yeah, know, it's very interesting to, to, to hear that they're going to standardise the names. I think that's very good. And, um, yeah, so when Laurie was talking about Mark Banasiak, he's talking about um, setting up a fishing statutory authority, an independent statutory authority. Um, and that would be great because then we could run fishing and, and hunting under the similar lines of what 80% of the states in the US do and um, just run it. Independently from other people, let let DPI worry about commercial fisheries, but recreational fishing and hunting, that's all governed by a statutory authority. Anyway, we're going to talk about whiting, but before we do, just an update from yesterday. Yep. I, I didn't get hold of Benny during the week, but I got hold of him yesterday. Um, I passed him on the highway. 
he's um he's done pretty well. He's had a hundred and fifty kilo of snapper for two days out wow. there and um most of the fish and it's interesting to hear what Laurie's saying, they're not getting any big fish, but you know, like we've had guys getting fish up to, you know, seven point eight kilos off um Crowdy. Well, um Benny's just out of Lorit and he's been getting fish up to five and six kilos in his traps. Um, he's had a box and a half of large snapper, um several boxes of mediums and only a couple of small. So they're probably on the way up to Laurie, I don't know, but um yeah, there's been some some good catches of Mahi Mahi down at the Fad there too. So um they're at Sowitz Rocks, they're at the um Lorit and Fad and they're out of Port Macquarie as well, so that's but um, Whiting, well, <clears throat> I hate to disappoint you all, but Whiting's one of the few fish that I uh, I don't muck about with because it's such a delicate flavour that I don't want to do anything to take away from it. So there's only really two ways I cook my Whiting, Kieran, um, and that is I take the fillets off, and normally the fillets are thin because, you know, like, they're not a big. They're not a fat fish, fish yeah. And they, yeah, they're not a fat fish, and, and they cook rather quickly, so you don't want to overdo it. So I don't cook it at full heat. I just turn it halfway between three quarters and, and full, or maybe a bit closer to three quarter heat. And I just either do it on our foil under the griller with some butter and salt, and I mean, just do it flesh side up. And, and let it cook right through. It only takes a couple of minutes. And then when you plate it, just drizzle some lemon juice on it, and, and that's all you need to do with that. And then the other thing I can do is I often like to do it in a bit of seasoned flour, just plain flour, salt and pepper, and cook it in uh, in some uh, butter and oil mixture or a little bit of super fry just to crisp it up. And um, it's only 30 seconds aside when you when you're doing it in oil or butter because it cooks really quickly. Yeah. And um and it's it's such a really nice taste. And then I'll just uh, put a bit of tartare sauce on the side. And um, you know, like sometimes sometimes just a bit of uh, mayonnaise with a dash of vinegar and lemon in it. Just because some tartare sauces are they overdo it with the uh, capers and it takes away the delicate flavour of the whiting. So I just, I just like to do a, 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 a simple mix. And, and then the other thing we'll do when we see the red spot whiting fillets, you know, like you'll see them at the co-op. Yeah. might be 12 dollars a kilo. Well, you get, you get a kilo of those red spot whiting fillets. That's four feeds for a couple. And um, I'll just do those in egg and bread crumb and then throw them while they're hot, throw them on a nice uh, crusty bread roll with uh, some butter and some tartare sauce and make myself a fish sandwich. So there's a few ways of doing a different whiting. Yeah, I used to go uh, to the tea gardens. In tea gardens, there's an old fish and chip shop there. And he used to yeah, get... John, yeah, John Dowell's favourite cafe, though, reckon? Yeah, it, um, and, and he'd have a lot of red spot on, you know, fresh red spot he'd get. And uh, he'd sort of put it in a very, very light batter, just dip them in, bang, and they were great. Just, they eat them like finger fish. Just fingers, yeah. Yeah. 
Great. Yeah, well, the tempura batter is really good for that sort of stuff too. But yeah, like the little red spots, egg and breadcrumb, dip them in the egg wash, dip them in the breadcrumb, and then shallow fry them. They come up a treat. I mean, not only have you got a fish that, that eats superb, but they're a fish that bites well above its weight. You know, I've often said that if whiting grew to the size of marlin, we wouldn't have gear strong enough to catch them. True. Because you get a 42 or 43 centimetre whiting, and he'll give a 50 centimetre mull away a run for its money. Don't you worry about that. They go hard. Yeah, especially on a hand line. Oh, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> They're all over the shop, aren't they? Yeah, I know when I was younger and we used to... Uh, Used to uh, fish in Manly, Manly Cove, um, on the uh, on the moorings in there. In um, we'd, we'd be fishing, you know, five and six pound nylon and nine foot blackfish rods, and we'd be fishing live nippers and worms for these whiting, and you'd get a big one, and you'd have to put a bit of wood on them because they run into the mooring block behind you. You know, they can do you on the mooring blocks and the boat behind. So they were always good fun and. Like big whiting in the surf, they're another they're another interesting fish. They they give a really good battle in the surf, and uh, I think now with the warmer water coming in, um, whiting are going to make up most of the cats. And so I think that probably the best way to, to fish for them would be with a a small a small snapper sinker uh, as a pat noster rig. So the sinker on the bottom, and then two droppers, one about. 45 centimetres above the sinker, and you'd have that on a dropper of about um, 20 centimetres with a size one or a size two long shank with a nipper, a pearl prawn or a beach worm. Um, sometimes you might want to go down to a size four if you're using a beach worm. And then above that, you'll have another dropper, another 45 centimetres above that, and then the dropper on 20 centimetres long, and to another hook, and then above that you have a swivel, and then you, you spelt that out, and you don't have to throw it far, because most of the whiting are going to be within 20 or 30 feet of the break. So if you've got a nice outer sand bank and you've got a gutter in between and it's breaking on the shore dump, lob it out just behind the shore dump and slowly retrieve it back, and you'll get the bites on the move. And... Um, Quite often you'll get them just as about to lift it out of the water, the whiting uh, in your feet. And the other places too is just if the sandbank's in close enough, just on that inner edge, the waves break on that sandbank and then there's the foamy bit underneath, cast it onto that sandbank and just let it come back onto the drop-off under that foamy water and you'll find your whiting there. And uh, if you're in a boat fishing and running tide in the rivers, I just like to fish with a nice... Um, ball or bean sinker on a swivel and then I'll have 45 centimetres to 60 centimetres of uh, six pound fluorocarbon trace to a size two long shank or sometimes just go down to a size four if the runner fish and fish with a nipper or a live worm or a, a live prawn as well and um, sometimes squid tentacles will do the job too, that's a, a, that's a bait you can really get them switched on so. That's about it. Very good. Oh, and um, I just um, here's a name from the past, Kieran Scotty Amon. Oh yeah, how is he? All oh, right. Well, <laughs> Scotty lives up at Ballin now, and he has done some 
few years and I pulled into the BP at Valor this morning to get a cup of coffee and have a comfort stop and I see a boat pull up and I went, ah, that's a hooker. I know we learned that. And I was having a good chat to him. He's on his way up to Lake Mondurin in Queensland, barra fishing. He'll get there in about seven hours' time. So, um, yeah, he said to say good day to everybody. So, mm. yeah, good to catch up with Scotty. Yeah, he's, uh, hope he's listening. Scotty, give us a call when you get up there and catch something. <laughs> oh, he'll be on Facebook if he does. So he's, he's got a life now, like breeding his dogs and his cattle and sheep and, and then uh, goes away fishing quite regularly. Now he's got a good life. Yeah. yeah. yeah he has a good run of, of young pups there. All right, the boss oh, is yeah. telling me it's you can, you can blow the horn and... Uh, Start up the uh, – what, are you in uh, gear shift or automatic today? Nah, back in an auto today. In the auto. i got to tell you, that's, yep. I'd much rather have a manual gearbox. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, yesterday, that truck I had yesterday, that was an absolute curler. It had, it had horsepower down low, geez, and I was, I was heavy as, and this thing just bought it like a foot below uh, you'll have to stay tuned because our special guest I didn't know until I had a look this morning uh, at 6 o'clock will be Melinda Pavey coming in the studio but I've got to go okay bar bye there he goes Peter Johnson we'll be back after the message I used to drive 7 hours to hospital and 7 hours back you know when Bob first flew me to hospital from a chemo it was such a relief. Can you imagine? two-day trip became two hours. What Angel Flight does is a godsend. So please, support the work of Angel Flight, or if you can, get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver, because helping Angel Flight helps people who really need help. Who am I? I make you laugh and sometimes cry. I'm there when you wake up and by your side each day. You can take me anywhere. I've been connecting communities for longer than you've been alive. Oh, and this year, I'm marking 100 years of providing Australians with laughs, news, sport and great music. I am Australian Radio. 100 years and just getting started. Thanks for listening. Today I'm talking to Glenn, who is one of Arborvitae's many happy customers. Hi, Glenn. Hello, Leif. When did you start taking Arborvitae and what for? My mild arthritis had progressively deteriorated. It was reaching the stage of me being virtually crippled. A friend of mine suggested that I try Arborvitae, so I gave it a go. What benefits have you noticed from Arborvitae? After just the first bottle, the pain went from 8 out of 10 down to a manageable 2 or 3 out of 10. Are you happy to recommend Arborvitae and what would you tell our listeners about this product. Absolutely. I've told all my friends to give it a go. The secret is to have two or three bottles till the pain subsides and check those that you're having the correct amount. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Arborvitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arborvitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Arborvitae.com.au Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Relax and unwind before you take off when you stay overnight at Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel. Located just a minute's walk to the terminal and a five-minute stroll to the beach, Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel is your perfect 
home away from home. Enjoy a sundowner and meal at Ridges Rooftop Bar with views along the Gold Coast beaches and the hinterland. Visit ridges.com or you can call 07-56198198. This is your last chance to save 15% off store-wide at the Razorback 4x4 Black Friday sale. Get some of Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers which offer protection like no other. They'll protect your interior from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump and they're customizable with free shipping Australia-wide. Razorback 4x4 Black Friday sale. Last chance to save. Shop online at razorback4x4.com.au today. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Okay, well, we're back and we're, uh, I don't know whether we're offshore or whether we're back at Port Douglas yet, but Peter Sayer, good morning. Yes, I'm back on terra firma. As I say, more firma, less terra. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah. So um, I think last time we spoke, I was about four or 500 miles, I think, out of, um, out of Cairns. So we uh, travelled through and we arrived within half an hour of our predicted arrival time, which I was pretty proud of. Um, yeah, that's given good. That, given that we'd, we'd been at sea for four and a half days, and um, we, um, uh, so it was a, a fairly um, uneventful trip, which is good. That's the way we like them to be. As I say, a boring passage is always a good passage. Um, it means that nothing went wrong. Generators worked all the way, and we didn't have any any real mechanical issues, which which often occur in boats. Um, and we. Uh, uh, cleared into Australia uh, at Cairns, so we um, as we, we uh, as we make the approach into Cairns, we call up the Harbour Master and um, Cairns BTS, which is best vessel traffic systems. Uh, we tell of our intentions to dock at a wharf, which we done um, in the Mara Marina, and customs come down with uh, five people plus a dog. I think there might be six people. There's a lot of people anyway. They seem to have a great interest in us when we got there. Um, a lot of little dog going around everywhere, but was scared. Um, excuse my word here. It was very scared <laughs> of um, the spiral staircases that we have in the boat. And he was not happy at all about going down them, sniffing all over the place, and uh, obviously come up with nothing. Um, then we had uh, immigration come down and followed in the end by quarantine. Um, now the thing there was we had to be do a full ship importation. So when we left the country, we had to export the Phoenix uh, for some very strange reason. And then when we come back in, we have to re-import the vessel, which meant a, a full, uh, wait for this one, Alan, you like this, a full timber vessel inspection. Oh. Which were an aluminium boat, but anyway, we had a full timber inspection. So they gave you everything on the boat that's got anything that's made out of a tree on board. So anyway, that was a fair bit of um, interesting work on their part. No real dramas. Um, the, the Australian Customs and Border Force always very polite, we find, um, and honest. They're not, not looking for any bribes or anything at a chin, which is which is a great thing when you travel over overseas and you see someone who's sort of hanging on for a gift of some sort. That, yeah. that, that definitely does, that definitely doesn't happen in Australia, which is lovely. It's lovely to see that guys and girls are just up there doing their job. So um, back in here, we um, uh, burnt uh, 3,000 litres of fuel on the uh, 900-mile journey. 
Um, and we uh, pretty much threw about one tonne of water, maybe maybe a little more, but around about a tonne of water. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very good, very good passage. Mm. So, um, how many okay. litres do you think make up, make up a tonne? Oh, a, a thousand litres to a tonne. That's a metric tonne. So, one thousand litres of water is a metric tonne. So, okay. two thousand to we carry around about two thousand litres of um, fresh water. So that's um, um, that's half our half of our consumption. So we um, we can make water um, at any time, but making water on the move is very hard for us because our salt water pickups for the desalinators are sort of high in the hull, and um, they tend to get bubbles in there, and the bubbles get all sorts of vibration and play havoc with it. So we've basically got to come back to an absolute crawl in calm water to to, to make um, make any fresh water on the way. So we we laid up fully before we leave. And um, as well as our main freshwater tank, our 2,000-litre uh, tank, we've got um, another uh, about 100-litre tank, which is we keep separate for drinking water. So if we do have some sort of an issue with our main freshwater, we still have plenty of drinking water. All the, all the little things that go into it. Yeah, there's, a, there's not just a matter of buying a boat and saying, oh, we're a beauty, I'm going to... Uh, Yep, I can steer. I know how to steer. Uh, I've got a key, turn the keys, and boom, boom, yeah, the motor goes. And yeah, I steer it out. There's a hell of a lot more to that journey than just turning the key. Well, it's, it, anyone can get in the boat and turn the key and hope they get there at the other end. And, and um, I had even the skipper one time said to me, oh, that's a real sign run. What can go wrong? At that stage, I should have stopped that trip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Needless to, say, needless to say, something went wrong and the issue wasn't overcome. We thought it correctly, so we had to solve the, solve the issue. But you know, if you can, doesn't matter how long you sit back and start to imagine these things. You, you, I work and walk not everyone. I, I work it through mine. What, what if this goes wrong? What happens here? What happens there? What happens if we have to get into a life raft? Can we get the life raft down? Does everyone know how it works? Will it work? Um, will we do better to get into our tender, which is extremely seaworthy little boat? Um, you know, at this time after time, I just run through these things in my head and try to work out all the scenarios, which is just part of a good safety management system. Yep. Now, see, this is something people have to take on board. Uh, and I can, and I'm speaking as an authority here on this. You and Alan Blake have the knowledge to understand and and be aware of what can go wrong. And that's the most important part. Are the people that have got hold of the boat that are going to take to the ocean waves aware of what can go wrong? That's the big problem, I think. Yeah, well, leading up to it, you know, we um, we spent probably um, the, the whole time we were away, I studied the weather every day and waiting for the... The uh, yeah. patterns to change. You know, even the um, that cyclone which went down the New Caledonia, so it went down to Vanuatu a while ago. Um, it was predicted of uh, the Solomon Islands well in advance of that happening, and you know, people said, "Oh, that's ages away." Yeah, it is. But I, I learnt which way the weather patterns were moving um, on what for my passage home. Um, so as, when it did come to the day, if a cyclone followed a similar pattern, which they don't, but <laughs> if it if you have no idea where it could wind up, you're a lot worse off than if you have some idea which way it could go and how they behave. 
So I was, I was studying that the whole time at sea. Um, it was funny, a, a good friend of mine gave me a particularly nice book to read um, uh, about uh, some historic ocean passages. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read it. And I was only talking about it to my son last night and saying, it would have been good to read, but while I'm on the, while I'm on the ship, my whole mind is dedicated to everything that's going on. And um, I get very little time to, to read and, and do that sort of stuff. And it's probably one of my faults for not relaxing enough. But that's just how I am and on the sea. I, I devote my entire thought to it. It isn't just, let's get in the boat, turn the key on. Uh, we got a, we got a sat-nav, we're okay. Or should I say GPS? A mm. um, bit of old school coming out there. <laughs> We've we got, um, we got a GPS. Oh, I've got a telephone, so if something goes wrong, I can ring up. Yeah, I'm not trying to scare anybody or uh, put doubts in their mind, but they people need to be aware if you're going to go travelling. Like I'll use Grant here as an example. He's bought a yacht. Now he is busy every day trying to learn more about his yacht and understanding, looking at things that need that may go wrong. That what does he know? How can he repair it? Does he know what? what the problems can be, you know, because he yeah. wants to do a bit of travelling up the coast. Yeah. Uh, so, you you know, it's not just them, like I said, buying, buying a motorbike and turning the key. Yeah, actually, literally just before you rang, I just was watching a YouTube video um, about a lock called the Ricky Tiki, and... Um, it uh, it capsized in the Atlantic. It was a Beneteau 410, I think it was, where the keel fall fell off. Now, one of the obvious warnings they had that that was happening was um, the boat had suffered a couple of groundings before and they had a big bump um, and it was taking on water. And they decided that it was the fresh water tank. This is via a, a sat phone they were talking and the person at the other end of the phone said, have you tasted the water? Yeah. And if you got salt water, well, it's not your fresh water tank. That's, that's the problem. It's a, it's a big issue. <clears throat> eventually the, the keel fell off, life raft stayed attached to the boat, and those people died. Um, I'm not going to say it was preventable, um, but certainly if they had have taken a bit of caution, said, well, now, we've got a serious problem here. It's um, salt water coming in. We can't see anywhere in the hull. We're pretty sure that it'd be coming in through the keel. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's a learning curve the whole way. And not, I've always said the day I stop learning and don't see anything new, I'll probably give this game up. <laughs> you and I both, yeah. I think we forget more than what we learn. But um, the biggest, the biggest safety tips I can I can give people really is know your boat intimately, know it backwards and forwards. Do your passage planning and know your yep. passage plans. You know, and um, and I never ever say that oh, the plan B I've got an E perb. That's that's the plan Z. Yep. You should have. All these other things you're going to do before you actually even get near needing an EPIRB. We might uh, talk sometime. about that next week, Pete, because I've run out of time. Okay, then. Uh, and I'll be on an aircraft this morning to Sydney, so maybe I'll catch up in Sydney. Oh, well, well, you might wander into the studio next week. There we go. We'll see, I'll see how we go. I can't promise anything. I don't know until I land on the ground there what I'm going to be confronted with, but um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know the number. I do. Okay, mate. We'll Thanks, Pete. Okay. okay. See you later. There he goes, Pete Sayer. And uh, I hope you took that on board if you're a boat owner. Just about some of the responsibilities that you have to take on in your head and be aware of what can happen and what can't happen. Don't forget, after 6 o'clock, 